Hi guys, Hello. how are you all doing? Welcome to the after party. Today we had Mark Dresser talking a bit more about the wine, the deeper side of it all. This was recorded live on Facebook. Hi Hello. guys, how are you all doing? Hope you're all doing well. Not doing too bad, now, are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Busy week this week, hasn't it? It has been a busy old week here. Yeah. We've got to do something to keep you out of trouble. <laughs> exactly. Well. <coughs> well, <joking>. guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a busy week for me and Owen. We've recorded the fifth episode of the Brad versus Owen challenge, and today, well, when we filmed it, it was balloon making. And they're here behind us. Yeah, if you if can, you can see, see them. <laughs> Uh, that is coming out on Friday, the, I don't know what the day is, but it's this Friday that's coming out at half 7pm. A uh, bit of technical issue happened, so that's why it hasn't come out on Wednesday. We don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we do don't it. talk about that one. No, we don't. We just keep that to ourselves. <laughs> pop in, pop in. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, pop right, pop, anyway, pop. We just, just, it's going to be PTSD. <laughs> uh, you can watch these Spotify, uh, these podcasts on Spotify on Catch Up Now, ladies and gentlemen. So that is uh, over on the YMCA link on Spotify. There'll be a link put on Facebook for you all to Click along if you do want to listen again. Happy days. Well, guys, we've got a very special guest with us this evening again. We do. We do. He is Mark Dresser. Here he is. Give him a clap. There. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for How joining you us. How are you doing? Well, I'm all right. You know, I've made it in here through these uh, difficult times we're all in. Oh, it's horrendous. Um, yeah. Yeah, hoping to... Uh, I have a nice bit of interviewing tonight. See what you <laughs> want to tell me. Yes. Have you been up to much all this week? Been busy? Well, I could plug the Felsike in <laughs> Sunday dinners and Mother's Day, you yeah. know, which is the business we have. But yeah, fairly busy on that, trying to keep us uh, off the streets like you do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, pulled a brick wall down. Pulled a brick wall down. To extend the kitchen. So yeah, fairly busy. Yeah, nice. Is that going ahead then soon, the kitchen? Uh, not at the moment. We're just sort of uh, making plans to get it as we want it. Um, but there's a bit of work I can do, so. You know, I don't mind chucking my hand into some of these things, and as you well know, Brad. I know, exactly. <laughs> Does anyone know that you're my actual son? Oh, yeah, this is my dad, everyone. <laughs> hey. This is my dad. I was waiting for that one to come out. <laughs> I thought I'd better let everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> you know they'll think there's a bit of a tie-up between Brad Dresser and, you know, Mark Dresser. Mark Dresser, yeah. It's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. It is. So, uh, how did you get started in the YM, then? How old were you, and, like, what made you want to do it? Oh, starting straight back there, are we? Yes. Um... Well, obviously, I, have a, I don't know whether everyone knows, I'm a, so a Kiwi, so I was born in New Zealand, um, and I came across to this country when I was eight years old, and at eight years old, I went to Northstead School, and there was a person at Northstead School, their mother was doing the junior review group at the YMCA, and the YMCA at that point was at the bottom of North Street, where Matterland was, um, and that got knocked down, and we moved into here. Um, but in the North Street days, uh, we did the junior review group, and uh, I started with that with Heather Pearson and Barbara Pearson, who was running it, and we did uh, a number of shows. If I have to be honest, they're not my best work. <laughs> 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 and, you know, there's some of that that still haunts me today as people do bring certain things up um, like from the time to time. the fairy. When you dressed up as a fairy. <laughs> that, that was a bit later on, the fairy. But oh, really? It was the blue toothbrush that most people <laughs> talk about at this time. So, yeah, that picture does come back to haunt me every now and again. But it was, uh, I say, it was fun times, but that got me, uh, as I had you know, say, just arrived in the country, and it got me into the YM, and sort of with friends and that, which is what I believe the YM's all about, is a community-based. Uh, so it was great to be a part of that. 
and to be a part of the Judy Review Group when it started. Um, and as I say, the theatre at there, we before we put a show on then, we actually built the theatre. So we had to put the seating down there, we had to put the stage up and we did a show and then stripped it all out and it was all full. <laughs> uh, yeah, then were the days before we had proper theatres and everything like that. Uh, but good times. And then um, uh, Chris Wilby contacted me to do one of the backstages at one of the YM shows, which oh. was Smike was the first show I ever did here. Smike, what's that? Smike is a, again, it's a musical, <laughs> bit, bit like Oliver Annie, but Smike was, um, and I think it's a Nicholas Nickleby's thing. Oh, yeah, I've never yeah. heard of it. Yeah, oh, I've never heard of it either. I'm yeah. sat here acting like just nodding and agreeing. <laughs> yeah. I would say not many people. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, it was a show that we could do. It was cheap. We could put it on, and we were playing to an audience of 100, and most of them were parents and grandparents, and that's all you really got at the old YM. Um, but I say, it was good fun, and it made you feel a part of something. And I say for Chris Wilby, who I believe, sort of, if I had to say there was a pinnacles in your life, well, that would have been one of them in mine. But uh, for Chris to ring me up, he got me more involved at the YMCA side, away from the junior review group. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when I started helping um, with the shows that the YM put together, which Chris Wilby did. And then uh, I think halfway, towards the end of actually the run of Smike, um, is when they, well, Graham, asked me to help him with the lights at the Royal Opera House because we need to do the pantomime at the Royal Opera House. Oh, really? Obviously, the Royal Opera House is the casino now. <laughs> yes. You know, the changing face of Scarborough. Hey. So, so far, I've been to the YM in North Street, which has been knocked down, and now it's Macklem. <laughs> and then we did the shows at the open air, uh, the Royal Opera House, knocked down, and now it's a casino. Oh, I like it as a I casino. Like yeah. Uh, so yeah, we and I did the, I've forgotten what the pantomime was, I have to be honest, but uh, we did that down there and Graham and I did the, well, Graham did the lighting and I hang around with him, helped <laughs> him out. Um, but yeah, that's, that was sort of the, the early days of how I got started, doing, I say, some of the shows, helping out where I can, feeling a part of this sort of community group and um, doing things that probably, you know, at, at that point was something that giving a bit of trust and allowed to do. Which yeah. is, as I say, I know how you two started exactly the same way. We did? Yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. So what's your sort of role at the YM now? What, what do you do within the YMC at the moment? Um, obviously, I sit on the, the board as a trustee. Um, and uh, I say through these difficult times, there's been some difficult choices to make and difficult plans, um, which the YM's a business like any other. It has to do this to survive. And uh, yeah, we've done fairly well. We've got on sort of track and we're still here where other places can say they aren't. So, you know, it's been a difficult time as we all know it and uh, we're trying to keep it out there. So my role on the board has been to advise, to try and help out, but also try and feel a part of like things like this. You know, you asked me to come down as a trustee. I was over the, the moon really that I could come and, you know, do this with you guys to try and help push the YM forward. I think these things are great. They get us out there, they get us wider than the salt of Scarborough field, I hope. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, it pushes out there that they, we're still doing this sort of stuff and people are still committed. And I say, this doesn't just happen with, because you two guys wanted to, the people at the back, Liam and um, Jake and Ollie, they're all there as part of the YMCA wanting to help and push this place forward. That's and as it. I say, yeah, yeah. this team is one of the teams, but there's a lot of other teams that are doing the same sort of job around the way I'm trying to keep it going. Mm. Mm. 
Okay, yeah. So you did shows at the YM. What was your favourite, like, technical part of doing? Do you know, does well, that make sense? Well, as, as I say, as time progressed, really, we did the shows at the Royal Opera House. We did the shows in the uh, North Street. Um, and then, obviously, we moved into this premises. And a part of moving into here, um, we had to be a lot more involved. The volunteers was what was going to keep it going. Um, and I feel that's where we're getting back to now, actually, that without volunteers, we took a big step, or Chris Wilby did, that you know we went from one building, which was a lot smaller, to this massive building. But this building wasn't a theatre, so this theatre had to be created. And then we built that with donations and the help of everybody. Um, and the theatre then grew, and I sort of grew with it and became part of more the stage. So I tended to stage manage while Graham did the lighting and Chris Muir did the sound and sort of as a, the three of us tended to fit them roles for quite a number of years when we had the likes of Jamie Morn and David Nicholson doing the shows with Debbie and Georgina. And uh, they were the basis of a show and then we brought as many people and bodies as we could along with it to get on the stage and you know, try and make them feel a part of it. But there's a core group that had to be here all the time to make sure that that professionalism was there before other people like you guys and other people came along with it who were, you know, have moved on. The, the West End, some of them now, then some of them are performing. Um, but I always tended to fit onto the stage, on the stage, stage management. Um, backstage was where I was, which was sort of the hub of it. I would have said the most important job in the theatre. And you Obviously, yeah. I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is the most important thing. We like a stage manager. We do, we? yeah. Uh, has it changed then much the YMCA over the years, or is it sort of still running the same as it was when you first started? Nah, there's, there's massive changes. I'd say there's, uh, there's one good saying. There's not as permanent as change, really. Yeah. Um, and the YM has to change, and it has to adapt to the future as we move forward. You know, when we first started, it was a very small place. It was a very niche sort of group in fact you, some would say it was too niche because other people couldn't get involved because there was a core group of us that always did the same jobs mm. i say i got married then sort of moved out of it because i had kids like bradley <laughs> oh, which i so couldn't be as, as involved in it but i think that then gave other people opportunity to come in because it was always seen the stage mark as a stage and you know, other people did the other areas, but I think it needed to change and other people needed to come in um, to then start to help out and gain the same experience we did. And, and it was a difficult time, was that, because, you know, we were, dare I say, without blowing me own trumpet, we were good at what we did because we'd done it for so long. Yeah. So someone else had to come in and then they almost had to go through the same mistakes as We'd all done in the early days, yeah, yeah. but no one mattered at that time because we were all learning and all growing with it. Then we'd got to a level where we had a show that was good. You know, people were impressed as a quality professional show, but it wasn't really. The YM's about bringing the youngsters in and trying to get them involved in it, making them grow as people, and then hopefully getting ready for the rest of their lives. And so we saw, dare I say, it probably took a slight dip. The you know, the shows might not have been as good, but there was still a good show for people to come and have a look, and it was what the YM was all about. It wasn't about, you know, us putting on the best show that we ever had done. It's about putting on the right show with the right people, 
attracting the crowd and trying to give people that experience on that stage. Yeah. And the confidence. So, you know, you, and I look at you two as prime examples. The confidence that you've got now, and uh, I say the same, it's, it's to do with this place. As I grew up here, it gave me a confidence that I can then get out into the real world and make a living. Yeah. You know, I was never going to use a theatre as a stepping stone into the West End or anything. But I do believe, you know, what the experiences you learn on the stage and being a part of a stage are the experiences that you use in life. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I do that. think it definitely builds you as a person just from being down here. You, you've got your, your sort of socialising skills, which you're always using. Absolutely. And then you're, you're doing, you get a bit of professionalism with working within the environment. But you also get your responsibilities by having a role as a stage manager. You learn to take your own responsibilities and, yeah. and, yeah. and, and grow as a person, really. And, and let's, I'll say, it's almost got a little bit, well, that's not serious, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, let's not lose the fact that we've gone on with, we've had some good times on that stage as well. We've had some fun. We've, we've all acted stupid on the stage, you know, because that stage is a place where you don't have to be yourself in some respect. Yeah, yeah. You can put your character on. And, and, and as Bradley mentioned earlier, you know, as a fairy, <laughs> you know, it's not my, it's not my, my strongest <laughs> point in my life, if I have to be honest, but, but it was something I did. And, and a part of that um, fairy, I always go back to the story that the papers came in and they did a write-up on, you know, because I staged managers and I was the good fairy for the pantomime. <laughs> you know, and literally, I remember the photograph, it was literally the third page of the on the paper, <laughs> you know, I got some stick off that, you know, when I was at school the next day. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it was, again, it was a bit of fun, you know, it was a laugh. We, we had to play it all up. I don't even know why I ended up as a, the good fairy, if I have to be honest with you. <laughs> I do believe, if I, I don't know whether it was this show, that uh, Graham was producing the show and the, the fairy that was going to do the part, actually, it was about a week before the pantomime was going on, which we know is Boxing Day. Um, had to drop out for um, personal reasons and of course Graham then needed someone to do the fairy and <laughs> obviously a week before Christmas no one's going to volunteer to that so no. I think I got volunteered a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but that meant learning the full script learning exactly what I had to do on stage in that week uh, while I was working um, but that's the commitment you give to this place yeah. you know, if push comes to shove and it has to be done it has to be done you know, you get yourself stuck into it and you do it. And, you know, it's, it's another thing I will talk about now because it is a stepping stone in life, a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say is your favourite show you've ever done at the YM? I think I've, there's, a, there's a few, really, and I'd have said for different reasons. Um, you know, I always, I always would go back in this place to uh, when Chris Wilby did Barnum. Yeah, yeah. That was, it, it was an iconic show, if I have to be honest with you. It, like, it, it got a lot of people involved. It taught us a lot of new skills. Um, it was something that I did. I stage managed and was in it. It was a very hard run uh, because we took all the wings out. So if you were working backstage, you were also a part of the show. So you had to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I learned to ride a unicycle. I learned <laughs> to juggle. I learned to balance on a ball. You know, there was all them things that that I, you just learned while you're doing it, as well as stage manager, and made sure everyone was on in the right places. And don't get me wrong, you know, if you look at health and safety and things like that backstage, all them things have to be taken into consideration. And 
you know, during Barnum, you had a lot of things going on. You had tight ropes, you had short trapeze, you had ball balancing, you ha we had a high wire. They all had to be looked after and controlled. And that was a responsibility, again, as you said, Owen, it's a responsibility that you had and you felt responsible for, mm. which again made you grow in life. So Barnum was an iconic show, um, but in answer to your question, you know, what shows, the other one that always stood out for me was uh, Chris Welby gave me a lead in a show that we took on tour. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The YM, Scarborough YMCA was asked to do a show at the conference for all the YMCAs in Durham. Um, so Chris Wilby was asked to put on the show. Yeah, the YMCA, there's a religious content to the YM. Um, so this one was one he had written called Dream Child. Um, and it was literally a modern adaptation of um, the G Lee Jesus' life where it started off with the West and the East uh, actually blowing each other up with nuclear bombs. Yeah. And then, uh, this sounds corny to that, but, but then <laughs> Um, Jesus came down, brought us all back to life and showed the leaders of the two worlds his life and how it came to be and they took it through and obviously I was, I played Dream Child which was Jesus. So it was, again, it's a difficult one because what Chris Wilby did is he tried to obviously make it a, a religious thing but with a light-hearted side to it. However, there was a lot of it that was very true to life with some of the the words, as you both know, you, when you're on stage, your script is loosely based, as long mm. as you're getting the words almost right and the meaning there. Yeah, yeah. But during that one, you had to get every word right because some of it was quoting like the Good Samaritan. It was from the scripture, so you had to try and get every word right. Um, and we took that on, on tour up to Durham. We did the show. Um, and I say it was a, it's quite a moment because I just remember the final walk down and everyone stood up and there was a standing ovation. And, it, and I say, that's a, such an iconic thing in my life that I'll never forget, never ever forget. Never, never, ever forget, no. Never, ever forget. So, but as I say, there's a, there's a lot of shows in between these iconic shows that stand out to me and all for different reasons. I can tell you stories of things that went wrong backstage that, <laughs> you know, the, another one we go back to, we did a, the Magic Man trick for our summer where we brought a professional grouper and he did the shows and and I had to fix after the, his magic tricks before they actually started working. <laughs> it was it was just, uh, you see it on the TV, these magic shows, and they were really good magic tricks. However, once you'd been worked backstage on them and how you had to do it, you thought, yeah, that's not quite as impressive as you really <laughs> wanted once you knew how it all worked. Kind of gives and it away. Especially when you were there with the screwdriver trying to fix the electrics and the hydraulics <laughs> and things like that before the show started. Yeah. But, you know, so a lot of shows stand out for a lot of different reasons. And I'm sure you two would say exactly the same. Yeah. You know, one show would be difficult for you two to say. Yeah. Go on, I'd you tell me, what's your best show then? What my best show is? Ooh. Ooh. It's an interesting one, I think I've got to say Jesus Christ Superstar when they put that on at the YM. Why is that? That it was just an iconic one. I was quite young at the time as well, and I was doing it was one of main big one of the biggest shows I've ever done the spotlight for. It was like the first main one, and the lighting was just spectacular, and just how it was all put together and it all just seemed to gel with the scaffolding on the stage and everything. Mm. It just yeah, I've got to say that yeah. one. The same reasons is. There's different reasons for everything you almost do. 
So you, I, you, I thought you were going to go back to your squawking in the... Um, oh, Christmas, oh, Christmas Cracker. cracker. <laughs> 12 days. That was a good show. <laughs> that was a good show, that one, yeah. Oh, dear. I watched that the other day, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I need to watch it. I haven't seen it, actually. But while we're doing this, let's have Owen now. Oh, mm. um, whew, my favourite show. I think you get 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 away with this one, weren't you? Yeah, I thought <laughs> I'd just slide under the couch. Uh, <laughs> I think my favourite... I've got two, probably. Rock of Ages was probably my favourite one, which I stage managed, because there was... I was left alone to just do it on my own. And it was just, there was, there was so much happening. And it was probably one of the best shows. Everyone got along really well. And it's, I don't know, that was probably my favourite show. But then I do also enjoy Joseph as well because I was in it. <laughs> I was the Pharaoh. <laughs> and <laughs> if you didn't know, I played the Pharaoh. And uh, <coughs> yeah, just at the end of the show, when everyone's standing up and giving you an applause, you do get a good feeling. And it, it, it feels, you can't explain that feeling to anybody else. Yeah, but I, I it's totally such agree a that. good feeling. Um, the appreciation that everyone's got for you is just... There's, there's almost a, a buzz in there on that stage that it, it lifts you to another level and, and you're sort of repeating a little bit, as, as I was saying, there's different reasons and I can such appreciate you saying about the stage management yeah. because that almost sounded like that's what gave you a, a confidence that you were left to run a show and I, and I believe that's what the YMT are for. Absolutely. You know, where else is a industry like this is going to give you that kind of trust to put on a show that you know we we have to be serious here the summer show the pantomime uh, shows that the ym does that bring in revenue that keep this place going yeah, yeah yeah you know but the ym put trust in you to stage manage to make sure that stage ran correctly yeah and in one of them shows and it's always fun and, and and there's a different task every day but like you say it is always fun and you can always have a laugh with everyone yeah. And you can still have fun, even though you have got all the responsibility and you've still got in the back of your mind, this show's got to go, it's got to happen, and it's got to be safe whilst you're doing it. You just have so much fun with so many people. And the social life after the shows as well are on another level. Obviously, 18-year-olds, <laughs> when they go out... Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> Disclaimer. You'll, you'll push that side of it, um, and I, I do believe it, it's good for all ages. It is. And again, that's another part of the YM. It's not just about the youngsters coming on and, you know, growing in their life. We forget sometimes there's a, now a lot of older generation, middle-aged generation, wherever you call people, we're not going to be ages. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> old is and young is and we're middle ages anywhere. I call myself middle-aged. <laughs> I'm <pretty> old now. <laughs> but there's a lot of different people at different age groups in their life that all suffer from the same thing with this lack of confidence where, you know, they haven't got the social skills to get out there. They, you know, they want to be a part of something and they don't feel that they can. Yeah. But this is, what, again, what the YM's here for. It's, you know, they can be a part of this place. We're screaming out for volunteers all the time. And I do believe the, the turning point that this place has gone through and all this COVID has almost helped push us back down an avenue that we need volunteers. We need that kind of support. We need people coming in to help us out, to push us forward and to be a part of this team as it grows into the next era of the YMCA's life. I'd say because I do believe this, the last year, there's been massive changes. You yeah, know. yeah. We've gone through, and I, I don't just believe it's this place. I believe the world's taken a step back, had a look at its life, and said, right, we've got to change. You know, we've got to adapt now. We've got to move forward. And the only way 
that businesses and places like the YMCA charities are going to move forward is by changing, is by making it more sort of personal and bringing people more involved in it, trying to get more volunteers, more support of people. Yeah. And uh, I see this is where the change that's happening at the YM now is. Um, and I believe the more people that can get involved in it to try and help out, to give them the confidence, as I say, from any age. From yeah. You yeah. could be, yeah. you know, starting out in your life at sort of uh, 10, trying to make an impression, not knowing where you're going. Or you could be retired. Yeah. Retired, wondering what to do. You know, you've been working all your life. You've now got 40 odd hours spare in your day that, and on your week. <laughs> what the hell are you gonna do with it? You don't wanna retire really. You wanna be a part of something. You know, That's and everyone in between. Yeah. yeah. And one thing you've got to remember is you don't need any skills to come down here because I know in the past people have said, oh, well, I've never done sound or lighting before or you don't need any of that really. It's everyone just teaches everyone how to yeah, do that's everything. It. Yeah. Well, you know, we're all sat here, the three of us, all of us are sat here, there's not just three of us in this room, um, and none of us had any skills. No. We came into here because we wanted to feel a part of a community, you know, we wanted to feel part of something, and we grew and we learned. And don't get me wrong, we've made mistakes along the way. <laughs> oh my God, is that the best way to learn? You make a mistake? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. live and learn. And you're not going to get shouted at, you're not going to get told to bugger off if you make a mistake. You know, that's what we're here for. That's and uh, our mistakes made, we work together, we put it right and we move forward. Everyone is now more serious than being on a stage <laughs> and you've got an audience there and it all goes wrong. But you somehow work it out, you get through it and as a team, you know, you have your down moments and someone else picks you up. That's yeah. what the team's all about. You must yeah. have some nice moments like that in sound, Brad. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> when something goes wrong in sound, everyone knows about it and all the audience staring at you yeah it's a panicking moment in my opinion that well i would say when something goes wrong on the stage <laughs> everyone knows about it yeah <laughs> and everyone's staring at you yeah, it feels like a lifetime it does before. time just seems to just stop <laughs> it just doesn't seem to go anywhere it's like slow movement but i, I, I say i've done shows at a gym another show for another reason it was um was one of the dance schools came in and they had a compare and the compare literally went out in between each of the dancers and did his bit and came off and then literally they had a problem backstage i don't know one of the costumes didn't work or the scenery got stuck and the compare they said oh go out go out you got to tell the joke you got to you know phil phil walked out to the middle of the stage and stood there froze <laughs> we just didn't know what to say <laughs> and uh literally we were backstage with the guy's just out there, stood, not <laughs> doing anything. The whole <laughs> it was a little, you could hear a pin drop, thinking what's going to go on. So I walked out, um, and I said, oh, just want to give the compere a round of applause for doing the longest silence. <laughs> <laughs> it got a bit of a joke, you know. Yeah. The guy, I said, yeah, you get off, I've got a joke to tell. And I told one of my uh, really naff jokes. <laughs> but, you know, you get away with it, and everyone laughed at it. <laughs> Came off the stage. Oh, that guy was so over the moon. He said, I just don't know what happened. He said, I went on there and the words wouldn't come out of my mouth. And, uh, you know, he, he'll still to this day see me and thank me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Going in there and helping him out. Yeah. However, they then asked me to compare the next show. And I went on there and I did the worst job imaginable. I'm not a compare. <laughs> okay, I told me naff jokes again. They didn't go down well. You know, so I learned at that stage, 
that wasn't my role in life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, madness. So um, are you looking forward for the YM to reopen and get everyone back in the building? <laughs> the YM needs to. It's, yeah. You know, I say this about a lot of places now. I think the whole world's saying we need everything reopened. I'll say it's same about the restaurant. You know, the YM needs people in. It needs an audience. It needs that throughput. It needs people enjoying themselves and to grow again. And if it can't do that, I say the youngsters of today, and as I say, the old age groups can't learn, they can't come down here, they can't feel a part of it. And I say my fear at the moment, there's a lot of people stuck indoors in isolation, you know, and you know, just itching to get out. And you know what it's like if you've got nothing to do with all you've got to look at four walls all day. Yeah. It must be, it's hard on your mental health. Yeah. So I think we've now got a massive time to try and get this place open, get people back in, get them something to do, a commitment in life to try and move forward. And as I say, try and get the volunteers in. This is a place we need people, we need them to come in, we need people to help out, to learn every side of it. And we've talked about stage. You don't have to stage manage. You come down and you can just work backstage and help out. You can work front of house. You know, the coffee bar needs people. We need people to clear glasses. You know, we need people to clean the theatre after a show. But you feel a part of it. Yeah. And all them different angles. But I, I would also go to say, it's not just about the theatre, this place. You know, we have another side. We have a leisure side in here. We have a coffee bar. We're trying to create more of a community area at the other side. But all again, all that needs support. There's a coffee bar at the other side. You know, if we want to open it more hours, you know, with the, the finances out there to do it, we need volunteers to try and help to step in. You know, again, it's responsibility, it's looking after people, it's, you're the front, you're the name of the YM if you're coming in here and if you're working behind the coffee bar. It's all them sort of areas. And then you can almost move down to places need painting, people need decorating. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. All them things still need to happen. It's a big building, is this? And we've got to keep it looking nice as well. And yeah. it's all can be done with people supporting us. Yeah. Is there sort of some sort of plan for it reopening? Have we got any dates in mind? Um, for an ac accurate date, I'd have to, you know, ask the team to be quite honest with you. Um, as a part of the trustee group, we want the place to be as open as soon as it possibly can, but it's got to fit in with the government guidelines. Yeah. You know, we're a place that is very visible and very seen, and we've got to make sure we're to the letter of the law um, with everything, because you know we bring different groups into this building and we have to make sure that group is complying with the right regulations at the right time to be able to do this. And I know we have a good team here and they're having to read all the legislation, you know, they're having to make sure all the signs and everything are in place to comply because we know if we step out of line, hell, fingers will be pointed and we'll be told exactly where we need to go. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've got to be wider than white here. So. We've got to open with the right regulations. We've got to open at the right time. We know the government now put on, you know, some sort of roadmap. Um, and I believe, you know, there's things that can happen on the 12th of April. It's not going to benefit this place as much as I think the 17th of May, um, where there's more that can open. We can then start to socialize a bit more indoors. Um, but then I believe we're heading towards June before Red Theatre is going to really start to do what they've got to do. Um, but as I say, they're rough dates that I've got in my head. Um, yeah. There's a, a team behind here that have got all that under control. Nice. Nice, that's good, that. 
It's sooner the I'm, better. Yeah, I'm personally looking forward to it to reopen. Get yeah. everyone back working as a team. Well, there, there is some shows we're trying to set up at the moment. Um, when <coughs> I say, more probably Liam's got a better idea and, and Graham, but I know we want to open with a show. I've forgotten what the show's called. Do you know, Liam? Raise Your Voice. Raise Your Voice. Yeah, yeah Raise Your Voice. So, you know, and that's what we're talking about, is, I believe, May? Mid-May? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, um, yeah. So I believe that's one of the first shows that we want to open with. Um, I do believe there's a show in before Raise Your Voice, um, but again, it's another YMT are doing, doing that. Oh, Anna. Anna, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, we're already now, you know, the work's all going on in the background to try and plan these shows to get this place open. And I know from talking to Graham, there's a lot of people wanting to book and get their time slots in so they can bring shows in. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Now, again, how this actually works with the theatre and the social distancing, you know, we will take guidance from the government and we'll make sure we can open when we can open with the right rules in place. But I do know Annie being the first of this Raise Your Voice, which you'll be, and I'm looking forward to Raise Your Voice. Yeah, I, really I am. am. I, I think am. it'll be a, a great show involving the right amount of people that will put on a, a great performance to try and get this place alive again. Yeah. yeah. Have you two got a, an involvement in it? In Raise Your Voice? No. Not as of yet. No, we don't yet, but we do have a, in the 80s show they're planning on doing. Yeah. We've got a, we're singing, what was it, Club Tropicana. Oh, yeah. Club Tropicana, the 80s. Yeah, need to warm my vocal cords yeah, before we start that one. I dread need to look at your costume. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to admit. Yeah, no. Well, you don't want to know. Graham's got an idea. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> but, Gordy, and this is what we were going back to, aren't we? It's a, sometimes you just got to have a laugh. You've got to let your hair down and get on that stage. Tickets, Tickets go, go on sale, sale this Friday at 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's for... Raise your, your voice. Yeah. Raise your voice. Yeah, raise your voice. Raise your voice. Raise your voice. Anyway. It's like you two aren't in it. Yeah, yeah. No, no we're not, not in, in this it. one. So it's probably worth coming to see then. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. It probably, yeah. You might be back on sound or something. I know, it might be. Back on sound well, doing that. Again, I think it's, it's so. going to need the right people in the right places to be able to put a show on like that. But yeah. I know there's a, a lot of people that want to be a part of that. And uh, I know there's a good lineup on it as well. Yeah. I said some great singers coming on. Uh, with a bit of comedy in there as well. So the show, from what I believe, is being put together now. And it's, uh, I think, actually, my daughter's actually rehearsing for it tonight, if I believe. Oh, yeah, I saw her. <laughs> if it's yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, I saw her in the, sh in the um, summer house yeah. when I walked well, I say, out. Cause, and again, crazy times, you know. So there's rehearsals going on for Raise Your Voice, but it has to be done on Zoom. So yeah. on Zoom, as I said, my daughter Holly, she's now in our summer house at the end of the garden on Zoom meeting, rehearsing for the show mm -hmm. with a number of other people. And they're having to learn that through dancers, through singing, how the, how it's all going to come together. But that's what technology's technology doing. Technology the these days are yeah. good. And I think it's great, I think. It's keeping it all together it as well, is, isn't it? It is, the social media, yeah. things like this, you know. Saying we're still here, you know. And trying to keep it all together, Zoom meetings, it's uh, people trying to keep that social distancing side, but learning a new technology. And that, that technology, I believe, is is the future almost now. Mm. You know, you, you no longer all have to get together. However, I do have to say, 
there's, you can't beat a conversation where you're together, yeah. you're looking at someone across the table, you know, you get a feel for how they are, whether they're getting bored of your conversation. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to put, put there. <laughs> 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 but I don't know, that's what, isn't that the day and age we live in now, technology? Yeah. Um, but again, you've got to get people to understand the technology, how to use it. I'm an old, I don't know how to use it. You know, people have been teaching me on my phone how to do this Zoom and, and like, I've got family in New Zealand. Now I can literally speak to them, you know, over the phone through FaceTime. When my mum and dad first moved to New Zealand, I remember the phone calls. You, you dialed it. So it took you half an hour to dial the number. And when you spoke to him, you had at least a two second delay. So you were always over talking. The next person who was coming back. But now... You know, you can see the picture, it's right there, and they're 12,000 miles away. I do think, though, like, this sort of weird year we've had might bring people closer together. Yeah. And I, I, I want to socialise and get out a bit more because they've been stuck inside doing nothing. Yeah, I... So, I hopefully... I believe it will. I think there's, there's going to be a time constraint to some people. And now, I do believe, especially more younger generation, they have lost a year's worth of the ability to communicate because yeah. they're communicating via this social media which is the only time they've been able to do it however now what we've almost got to do and this is where i believe the ym can really win is to try and get people off social media <laughs> get yeah. them back out talking to each other yeah because as i say social media is good for so many things and it's kept us all linked together but you can't be having this conversation face to face, one on one, understanding how someone feels when you're talking to them, and not just you know the picture at the other end. Yeah, be part of some social group as well, isn't yeah. it? And yeah. Just be able to enjoy your life and have a conversation with someone, and not feel like distant from everyone. Yeah, because yeah. I do believe through social media, people can put on what they want people to see. Yeah, and what's really happening inside isn't there always visible. Mm. And um, again, we know through here, you know, as I said earlier, there's certain times you're backstage, you know, some of the cast or even the crew, they come in, you can tell they've had a bad day, you can tell something's not gone right. And, you know, it might just be that, you know, they've been told off for not getting their own work done, but it's the biggest problem to them in the world. And you've got to support that and then try and get them you know, away from that feeling down about it and being a part of it and then moving on. Moving on. And then they can go home that night and think, oh, bloody hell, I've achieved something. I've, you know, I've done this. I can now move forward. Whereas on social media, you can pretend everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's can hide the part of social behind. media that I think is sort of a bit detrimental at the moment. You know, it's yeah. been great. It's held people together. But mm. there's a thing behind social media that you can hide. You can hide yeah. away, and, can't you? And you don't let your feelings out and you don't let your personality out. Yeah. And which means I almost say you can't grow as a person. Yeah. And it, it has a knock on effect on everything though. It, if you can't show your emotions to people and people don't see you, you, you end up sort of becoming depressed about even making it all serious, but you can you know you're suffering from your mental health and people don't pick up on it mm. and then it's just a knock on effect and a bit of a rolling cycle and it's just worse and worse. And it's and holding worse. everything in and it's all them emotions getting built into yeah. one into it. And I think once you, you do go down a, that sort of avenue, it's very difficult to get yourself out of it. Yeah. And um, and as I say, that's where being part of a organisation like this can really help and really support because 
I say we have a lot of different people here and we've all had bad days and good days but as a team you know I can remember the good days better than the bad days yeah you know I've done shows backstage that it's all gone disastrously wrong (laughs) and I've gone home absolutely annoyed at myself I should have done this I should have done that you know but a quick phone call oh as you say you know Hopefully the 18 plus and you <laughs> yeah. end up in the pub afterwards, you, do. you know, with the first pint in your own thing. God, that went so bad. I've missed and that. everyone else is going, does it matter? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you buy me a drink, we'll forget all about it. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's that side of it, you know, that I think really does help. And I'd say that's why there is a, a younger side to the YM that, you know, what we're here for, the core people. There's an older group and a middle-aged group that is still, they suffer from the same problems as the younger people. Yeah. You know, we can't forget that. And uh, I believe this place, although YMCA is a young men's Christian association, uh, them almost words aren't as meaningful now as they used to be in the very early days. Now this is just an organisation for everyone, every gender, you know, whatever you you are in this world, you can come here and be a part of this place. And you won't be judged. And you won't be judged. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about, you know. And there'll be something for everybody to do as well. Yeah. Doesn't matter who you are and your skill set, doesn't matter. No. You know, there's some people that are practically minded and can jump on stage, and some people, you know, we've got the techies out here. You know, yeah. they could they can edit these videos together and do an absolutely stunning job. I couldn't do that. I no. wouldn't have the patience. Uh, I couldn't do it. I, I, w- I wouldn't know where to start. What <laughs> no. did I say? You know, Ollie there tells me 21 hours to put one of your videos together. Yeah. Who's got the patience to do that? <laughs> but it Ollie Winter does. <laughs> but it was stunning. And I said to him, it was stunning what he did there. Yeah, he's done really, really well, he Ollie. He's worked really hard on all the videos yeah. that we've done. And we need more people like that to just come down with your join little in. bit of the join. jigsaw uh, and join in the fun. Join the YM family. That's it. <laughs> and learn. And yeah. learn. You know, somebody, you know, we, we have people here with technical abilities and they want to share that technical yeah, ability. Yeah. You know, I've said, you talked about stage management, Owen. When yeah. you first came down here, I remember you. <laughs> you know, you couldn't stage manage a show. No. You learnt while yes. you were here. You stuck with it. I couldn't so do anything when I came down here. Yeah, yeah. You know, you stuck through it, through the times, you know, and things went wrong, things went right. But you kept coming back. And you kept coming back and you kept trying to that time in Rock of Ages where you stage manager show and that was your show that yeah. you did. And you remember it like it's yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and I say, and that's what you're not going to be afraid of. Your skill set, you may not think you can do it, but there's something here that everyone can do. Yeah. And the reason I kept coming back was because I knew there's all my friends were around me supporting me. Yeah. There's the older guys who know a bit more and a bit more wise, and they have their skills that they're going to teach you. So you just you're walking into the building, and you're learning every minute, but you don't feel like you're learning because you're having that much fun and that much enjoyment, and you're fitting. And you can talk to anybody about anything. Yeah. It just, every, that it's the reason you come back because it's not like you're at school. You're not sitting there learning in it's a hard way. It's not it's boring. Not no, exactly. <laughs> it keeps you interested, doesn't yeah. it? And there's always someone there. If you're ever feeling down to go actually go talk to, there's always someone who will listen to you. Well, so what ages were you going when you started here? Oh, I'd have been about 11, 12, something like that. I don't know for that. I say about yeah. 11, 12. Yeah, end of year six, beginning of year seven, so I think so. Just hypothetically then, like, I know I'm interviewing you now, almost. <laughs> <laughs> but if you didn't come down here, where do you feel your life would have gone? Oh, God. I don't think I'd be doing the job I'm doing now. I don't think I'd be 
like that. I was very much into my rugby before I joined here. So I'd have probably been a more sporty person. I still do my rugby, so I can't really say that I haven't changed. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. See, I, I feel, you know, everyone, oh. what the, why everyone have given you the confidence. I yeah. say, just for you to mention that Rock of Ages show, I know that gave you such a confidence and a boost. Yeah. Um, because you were shy when you first came down here. You Absolutely. know, you've always had a fair bit of confidence. If I have to say, Bradley was very shy. You know, from when you first started, the first show you were in, you were about six. <laughs> and I remember being at the side of the stage, kicking you out. You weren't <laughs> going to go on. Uh, you literally were frightened stiff to go on that stage. <laughs> you know? Bless him. But we were almost we're at the point where we were thinking, maybe we're pushing too hard to get you on stage. Um, but, of course, your sister was the opposite. She would run on and drag you on, and she didn't care. Um, but... I believe that first stepping stone you did to get on stage, the stage probably isn't where you always were going to end up. You were no. going to end up as more of a techie backstage yeah, and learning yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Um, which is where that is. But I believe, you know, that first stepping stone that you did on that stage gave you a confidence to do what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I say, from your point of view, I do believe you're, it would have been a lot of a different track oh, that I you would have gone on because you would have had the confidence that you've got now. No, nah, yeah. the YM has definitely built my confidence up. Mm. I wouldn't like to think. I definitely wouldn't be doing what I am doing today. And, and I'll say the same. Yeah. yeah. I would honestly say the same. You know, that, that's probably the biggest thing it has built, is my confidence and my ability to just get on and do something that I wouldn't, maybe a bit out of my comfort zone or something I wouldn't think of doing because I've got confidence now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but you just, you just grow in confidence because you're getting pushed. You're going out your comfort zone if you want to, and you just develop as a person, and that's, that's I can't, I it's can't weird, really describe it? it, but. It's not <coughs> exactly that you're, you're pushed out of your comfort zone, you are almost taught that's where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. You're, you know, because other people are doing it, and they're doing it <coughs> with ease, Yeah. because you've got, you know, such a different diversity of people here, you see someone go and do something, and then you think, it can't be that hard to do, yeah. so yeah. I'll do it, it's, it's not really where I want to be, but then you do it because someone else has done it. You think, God, that was easy. I'll do some more. And, and I'd say, then you may change direction and end up doing sound or lighting or interviewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it changes your perspective of what you feel you're capable of doing in life. And, and I honestly believe I owe a lot of what I do to the YM. Because yeah. as I said, we started off with, <coughs> started as a, in this junior review group, Chris Wolby brought me into some of the shows. It gave me a confidence. I, you know, the, the boost was Barnum because I feel I like ran that whole show from backstage yeah. under a lot of pressure. The other boost I had was this Dream Child one because I was a performer in that one. There was no singing involved in it, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I could never sing. But this, the, that one just didn't have any singing, so Chris gave me that, and them two things were almost pinnacles in my life or stepping stones or turning points that gave me a confidence to get out there and live a little bit more and do something that I didn't believe I could do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I say, people having that kind of belief in you to do it, you believe in yourself and you trust <coughs> them oh, that you are going to be able to achieve certain things. Yeah. I think that's from, yeah. from me stage managing Rock of Ages to me going on and being doing more performing that I've done since Rock of Ages would be because you see everyone having so much fun on stage or 
and everyone's coming off. Oh, it's, that was really good, and think, oh, well, I want a bit of that. So you, <laughs> so you think, well, I'm going to try it, and then <laughs> you do, you go and do you it. You do it, yeah. And uh, you have fun doing it, and then you hopefully inspire the next person. And now Brad's doing it. So no, no, I'm yeah. doing it. Well, I say, I think Bradley's sort of stepped into a bit of your shoes, and you took him under your wing a little bit and helped him yeah. out and, and, and gave him that yeah. sort of leaf. Although there was some, you know, dodgy patches along the <laughs> way. <if I> had <laughs> <laughs> Probably won't go on to any of them. But I say, learning curves in life. Exactly. We're talking about the three of us, but you you also point out that, you know, there's other people that have been and come through the YM and have gone on to bigger and better things or even done what they wanted to do in their lives and their careers and they will come back and say it's because of the YM um, that gave them the confidence to get out there and they'll say maybe it was a stage, even you look at some of their dance groups and things that come in here, we've given a stage that they can perform on, they can you know, show their wares off, so to speak. And yeah. some of them have gone on to be dancers. Some of them have gone on to be actors. Some of them are running dance schools now down in London, you know, and some of them aren't. Some of them are just living a life, a standard life out there yeah. with the confidence of what they've got, with the memories that they have through this place. Yeah. And I say, you, you can't just think everyone's just going to like be this wonderful, but you've got these memories that you're always going to look yeah. back out on your whole life, you know, and... I always say, it was always the in-joke, really, you know. There's somebody who's sat there and done nothing on Saturday night where you've done this show and put it on in front of 300 people. You know, the, the person you're going to listen to in the pub is going to be the person that's done something a bit more interesting. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a story to tell in life. Yeah. And, I, I, and I remember Bradley was always, oh, no, you tell me one of your stories about when you were younger and when you've done this. But you've got your own stories now because yeah. you've created them. And that's about growing. And memories and everything with yeah. it. That comes along with it, yeah. Yeah, I'll say it is a, it's, it's an amazing place. And I say, I feel privileged to be a part of it for so many years and now being able to serve on the, the board of trustees and trying to create the right direction for this place to go yeah. with an understanding and listening to the people that are here and using the building and want to be a part of it. That's what I believe a trustee's job is you know, is to understand what people want out of this place. Yeah. Not what I believe it should deliver, it's what the people want it to deliver. Yeah. Because they're the people who used it and they're the people that are going to make it successful, you know, and then we've got to just make sure as a board of trustees that them ideas come into play and we can move them forward. And I say there's a, there's a great team here. Um, they're taking all this on board. And don't get me wrong, you, you talk about us, being a part of stage managing everything, well, there's a team here that have really had to step up the game, you know, from, you know, from Steve Marsh, who did a hell of a job getting this place to where it is with procedures um, and the, the principles of what the YM was about um, had to be in place. Now he's left a, a legacy where the other people can come along <coughs> and actually pick up from there and now try and get it back to basics a little bit more, get it back to, you know, the people content of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do feel it may have just swayed a little bit too far one way to policies and procedures and forgot about the core people that this place is all about. And as I keep hindering, it's the volunteers, it's the people that want to use this building, it's the ones that need the support. That's what we're here for and that's what we need to drive forward now. Yeah. And we'll and get we can hit do that, that goal. We can See do if it. We can do it. Uh, one thing before we sort of wrap up today, it's the 175th birthday for the YM coming up this year, yeah, isn't it? So have we got any plans for it? 
Ooh. Oh, well, you would just be talking about an 80s shirt. <laughs> yeah. um, there, there is plans, as I say. Unfortunately, with the world we live in, you know, we're doing what we can. There was, we did have some spectacular plans at one point. <laughs> um, now, they've all had to be pulled back a little bit. Um, but there is plans, and you've got to sort of watch this space. And as things progress, we will let everybody know. Um, and as we're allowed to do a bit more to it, um, hopefully we can do. But it is, it's quite an iconic year, the 175, you know. This, uh, as a YMCA as an organisation, it's uh, quite unbelievable. It's here and it's still running and it's still going strong. Yeah. Yeah. Really is. yeah. Happy days. Happy days. Well, it's been nice talking to you. Do you have any questions you'd like to ask us? Um, I think I've asked you questions. <laughs> I've been on, on the go, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I would like to say that, you know, a part of what um, the team has done here, uh, I've watched some of your... Brad versus Owens and things like that, which I think are, are great. Yeah, yeah. And you could almost tell how you two are growing into it a little bit as well. Um, you know, you're in front of a stage, in front of an audience, um, trying to do your thing. And again, it's keeping the Williams name out there. And I take my hat off to the team here that have done one hell of a job putting this set. It's the first time I've walked in here tonight and seen the setup that we have here. And I do take my hat off to, you know, uh, you two guys for holding it here, but you know there's a, a technical team here that's holding this together, and I was blown away when I saw what we had here to actually do. And uh, when Ollie was talking 21 hours to put one of them things together, you know, Jake's here with all the technical side of it as well, and Liam, I take my hat off to you. I really do. It's something that we're doing. We're keeping the place going, and we're keeping the name out there, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which is great, and it's what it's all about. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you, yeah. Hope you've enjoyed it, Dad. <laughs> I certainly have, I have. I say, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you for inviting me to um, share this time with you. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. So it's Matt Dresser, everybody. <laughs> right then. Right. It's been a pleasure talking to you all, guys. It has. <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can catch up on Spotify if you want to. I'm sure Liam will drop a link on Facebook after this live stream has gone out. And... Don't forget to watch the fifth episode of Brad vs. Owen, our amazing balloons sculptures. There they are. <laughs> Jeez. I wonder who wins, eh? I wonder who wins. Yeah, anyway. You did well not to tell anyone this week. I am, aren't I? I'm not going to give it away, don't I? Right, so right, we'll guys. see you all later. Stay safe, everyone. Stay see safe. you later. See you Saturday.